This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day four of the 60-day legislative session. The only Democrat holding statewide office is asking the FBI to investigate the governor. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried says Ron DeSantis has been setting up vaccination sites in areas suggested by campaign donors and has been rewarded handsomely for steering vaccine to wealthy enclaves. I will not stand by and let our vaccines being used as political gain and to be auctioned to the highest bidders while so many of our Floridians are suffering. If this isn't public corruption, I don't know what is. So I am asking the FBI Public Corruption Unit to be investigating this. The leader of the Senate Democrats is also piling on. Gary Farmer wants the U.S. Attorney General to investigate the governor. I just sent a letter today uh, to the acting U.S. Attorney General Monty Wilkerson asking him to conduct an investigation into Governor DeSantis's uh, preferred vaccination plan. And uh, what it seems to indicate, uh, a pay-to-play system. These announcements came after the Miami Herald reported the governor received hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign donations after a wealthy gated community near Key Largo received more than 1,200 doses of vaccine back in January when everyone else was waiting in line. DeSantis denied having anything to do with it, but he does not see a problem here. I think that's great. I want seniors to get shots. I think they did a good job doing that. We just weren't involved with it in any way, shape, or form. The governor also attacked the Miami Herald, saying they got the story wrong because he had nothing to do with those shots. A major change in vaccination policy, teachers of all ages are now eligible for the COVID vaccine. DeSantis doesn't like it, but the White House issued a mandate, and the feds are paying for the vaccine, so he had to go along. The federal government put that order in, and so that they've made the teachers, regardless of age, eligible. So they are eligible to, to, to get vaccinated for that order. Protecting business from COVID lawsuits is the number one priority in the legislature now, and Republican leaders brought their bill to the floor Thursday. HB 7 aims to reduce the threat of potential liability related to COVID-19 for Florida businesses. This bill is intended to give clarity to Florida businesses that if they are making a good faith effort to comply with regulations, they will not have the cloud of potential frivolous litigation hanging over their head. While Republican leaders push their bills to limit lawsuits, a freshman Democrat says they need to do something for the rest of us. Among other things, Representative Andrew Learned says we need paid sick leave, better unemployment benefits, Medicaid expansion for low-income workers, and statewide masking requirements. I know this is a lot, um, but that's because it has to be. There is a fierce urgency of this moment, and we are here to deliver the COVID relief our state so badly needs in this moment. Representative Learned knows his bill is going nowhere in the state legislature, but he is hoping Republicans will borrow some of his ideas. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida woman who attacked her roommate with her pussy, the kind with claws. But first, a message from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity Florida. 
And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, March 5th. This is National Absinthe Day. It's illegal to sell the green alcoholic beverage in bars or liquor stores, but you can buy it legally online. Possession is also legal. This is National Cheese Doodle Day, and it's the National Day of Unplugging, which you should do right after the podcast. On this date in 1770, British troops opened fire on a crowd that began pelting them with snowballs, sticks, and stones. Five people died. It became known as the Boston Massacre. In 1984, the U.S. Supreme Court said local governments could indeed use public money for nativity scenes at Christmas. And on this date in 1993, the Miami Marlins beat the Houston Astros 12-8 in their very first spring training game. The state health department reported more than 6,100 new cases of COVID-19 Thursday and 126 additional fatalities. There have now been 1,930,000 cases in Florida. Our death toll has reached 31,955. A major change in vaccination policy here in the Sunshine State. All teachers, school staff, daycare and preschool workers can now get the COVID vaccine in Florida. This is not the way the governor wanted to do it, but Ron DeSantis says he'll comply with the mandate from the White House issued earlier this week. The federal government put that order in, and so that they've made the teachers, regardless of age, eligible. So they are eligible to, to, to get vaccinated for that order. You know, our view is if you're 25, you're just at less risk than somebody that's 80. That's just the bottom line. 95.7% of all COVID-related mortality uh, has been uh, above the age of 50. And so the age-based approach we think is the most effective to reduce mortality. Um, you know, at the same time, federal government's the one sending us the vaccine. If they want it to be for all ages, then they have the ability to go and do that. And so the pharmacies are obviously going to accommodate that. These sites will accommodate that. The governor made that announcement at a vaccination site in Crystal River. DeSantis also responded to a report in the Miami Herald that detailed how a wealthy gated enclave in the Florida Keys called the Ocean Reef Club was able to obtain more than 1,200 doses of the vaccine back in January. DeSantis received a lot of campaign money from those wealthy residents, including a $250,000 donation from a former governor of Illinois. But the governor says there was nothing wrong with that because he wasn't directly involved in getting the vaccine to all those rich people. He also said there was nothing wrong with it in the first place. The Miami Herald article was a train wreck. Um, that was not a site that we were involved in in the Keys. Uh, what that was was one of the South Florida hospital systems uh, went and, and went to uh, this community, vaccinated a bunch of seniors. I think that's great. I want seniors to get shots. I think they did a good job doing that. We just weren't involved with it in any way, shape, or form. And the initial few, three or four weeks, as you remember, uh, the hospitals were getting the lion's share of the vaccine. Uh, we had nursing homes. We had hospitals. Some of the county health departments started to get them at the end of December, but you really didn't see the big push even in the counties until January. Uh, so that was something that one of the systems went. They went on site. They get 1,000, 2,000, however many uh, seniors. And my view is, is if you're 65 and up, I'm not worried about your income bracket. I'm worried about your age bracket because it's the age, not the income, that shows the risk. And so if they were able to go in a community that is heavily senior and vaccinate people, that's very, very good. Uh, but for that article to suggest that somehow that was one of our sites, that's just factually wrong. I think it was good that they did it. I support the hospitals doing that and really being uh, proactive and trying to reach as many seniors as possible. One thing we should note here is that the Herald never said DeSantis was involved in the vaccinations at Ocean Reef Club. They simply pointed out how the wealthy residents who lived there were able to jump to the front of the line and that they had donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to the governor's re-election committee. The story is solid. It's the governor's reply that is misdirection. 
The leader of the Senate Democrats doesn't buy the Gov's explanation. Gary Farmer of Broward is asking the feds to investigate. I just sent a letter today uh, to the acting U.S. Attorney General Monty Wilkerson asking him to conduct an investigation into Governor DeSantis's uh, preferred vaccination plan. And uh, what it seems to indicate uh, a pay-to-play system with regard to vaccination availability. And of course, I'm talking about the latest instance involving Ocean Reef and uh, donations uh, by uh, uh, very wealthy uh, uh, residents of Ocean Reef uh, that resulted in them getting a, a highly disproportionate number of vaccinations when uh, people in Florida and Dade County uh, were struggling uh, to get vaccinations. Farmer's not the only Democrat who wants the governor to be checked out. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried says there is a clear pattern of DeSantis rewarding his donors with vaccine sites, so she's asking the FBI to look into it. First, we saw it in Sarasota County, $125,000 campaign donation pop-up site. We also saw it in Charlotte County, $50,000 campaign contribution pop-up site. Now, we've learned 1,200 of the residents of the wealthy enclave in January got vaccines while so many of our seniors were struggling to get onto websites, to get in lines, to get onto the phones. First, there was an $85,000 campaign contributions from 17 of the donors inside of this enclave, followed by another $250,000 check. Our governor, just as the vaccines were being rolled out, he had his best fundraising month since 2018, $2.7 million in February. This is not a coincidence. This is not an accident. I don't need a law degree from Harvard to know that when there is smoke, there is fire. The fact pattern is simply just too clear to avoid. Give campaign contribution big dollars, get special access to vaccines. Ahead of seniors, ahead of our teachers, ahead of our farm workers, and so many of our residents here in the state of Florida who are scared and who are wanting these vaccines. If this isn't public corruption, I don't know what is. So I am asking the FBI Public Corruption Unit to be investigating this. I'm Florida's Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services. And over 22 million people here in the state of Florida are consumers. And most of them can't wait to get these vaccines. As our consumer watchdog, we fight fraud. I will not stand by and let our vaccines being used as political gain and to go and to be auctioned to the highest bidders while so many of our Floridians are suffering. All while 51% of the vaccines have been distributed to white parts of our population and just 11% to Hispanic and 5.8 to our black communities. Someone has got to get to the bottom of this. This is a international health care pandemic and we were supposed to all be in this together and so getting to the front of the line because you have access and you have the financial ability is just unacceptable and i will not stand for it Freed is considering a run against DeSantis next year, so yeah, there's politics at play here. But the governor has been doing his own thing for the past year with no oversight of his COVID response, which means the feds are about the only way to assure accountability when so many lives are at stake. 
And we all support accountability, right? The COVID train is rolling in the Florida House. Representative Lawrence McClure of Hillsborough County is the sponsor of House Bill 7 that says you cannot sue for COVID damages unless the business is guilty of gross negligence, which is about the toughest legal standard to prove in court. Novel coronavirus has significantly impacted nearly every Floridian, including our Florida businesses. HB 7 aims to reduce the threat of potential liability related to COVID-19 for Florida businesses. This bill is intended to give clarity to Florida businesses that if they are making a good faith effort to comply with regulations, they will not have the cloud of potential frivolous litigation hanging over their head. Members in questions, Representative Geller, you're recognized. My kind of underlying question to all of this is, what about this circumstance is it that leads you to conclude that our system of negligence where juries make individual determinations based on facts should be changed in favor of this very difficult gross negligence standard. Representative McClure. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and thank you, Representative. Uh, once in a hundred year pandemic, Florida businesses have been pushed to the limit unlike any other time, I think, um, in the last hundred years. This has been um, a difficult year for, for all Floridians. And so the overwhelming public necessity of Florida's economy, I think, asks us as a legislative body to consider that and raise the standard. The bill is ready for a final vote in the House today, along with House Bill 9 by Representative Ardean Zika of Pasco County. It would punish fraudsters who try to take advantage of a pandemic. Members, House Bill 9 establishes criminal penalties and authorizes civil remedies to protect Floridians from fraud as they seek to get vaccinated or send personal protective equipment during a pandemic. The federal, state, and local officials have warned Florida consumers to be careful of offers to get special access to COVID-19 vaccines or personal protective equipment in exchange for money or other available considerations. They often use authentic looking but fake websites to lure unsuspecting consumers into paying for vaccines or appointments that never materialize. Members, this bill sends a loud and clear message that Florida House of Representatives will protect consumers against fraud during a pandemic. Republicans have responded to the COVID crisis by pushing bills to protect businesses and healthcare providers from lawsuits. But what about the rest of us? State Representative Andrew Learned of Brandon has filed House Bill 1617 that goes far beyond limiting lawsuits. He wants to address the human issues. This bill provides for emergency paid sick leave if you had a COVID diagnosis or have to quarantine due to an exposure. Expanded unemployment benefits uh, during periods of emergency so Floridians never again are left out in the cold. And a plan to get all of our kids safely back to school and our schools back on track. For business owners and employers like myself, there's small business relief straight from the Chamber of Commerce's Reset Task Force, recommendations on tax credits, reasonable liability protections, and, the stream and streamlines access to emergency bridge loan programs in the future. In addition to assurances for businesses that were shortchanged due to business interruption insurance. For our workers, a science-backed vaccine rollout plan that follows CDC and NIH recommendations on prioritizing healthcare workers, educators, and those with pre-existing conditions, while we also ensure Floridians continue to follow masking guidance until this crisis is actually behind us. 
and protections for renters and homeowners alike so we never again have to fear eviction during a state of emergency, pandemic, or hurricane. And for those that are, fit, are still struggling, this bill expands Medicaid eligibility and eases enrollment requirements for a wide variety of safety net programs during future emergencies. We have to support men and women on the front lines of this pandemic with mental health coverages for healthcare workers as well. And looking just a little bit broader, good government modernizations that allow for continuity and access to your government operations during a state of emergency, assuring uh, transparency of reporting of our public health data so Floridians can be informed and have trust in their state's efforts so that they can be empowered to keep their families safe. And ultimately, this ensures that we are better prepared to learn from what's worked and what hasn't worked while we keep our state's pandemic response plans updated so we can ensure that we never again have to endure the government-ordered lockdowns or attend funerals via Zoom. I know this is a lot, um, but that's because it has to be. There is a fierce urgency of this moment, and we are here to deliver the COVID relief our state so badly needs in this moment. House Democratic leader Evan Jenny of Broward says they haven't figured out a price tag for the bill, but whatever it may be, Jenny says it's worth it. We have not uh, had our bill uh, be run through uh, any legislative analysts with any of the appropriate committees at this point, uh, so we don't have an actual number on that. Uh, but I believe that whatever the cost is, is more than necessary uh, because it, every bit of it is going to help uh, our, our individual Floridians, businesses, and uh, other entities throughout the state. Uh, nothing in this world is going to come cheap, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, but when you look at some of the budget priorities right now, um, I think that there's room there to make that happen. Uh, also, with the uh, generous amount of money that the federal government has continued to give us, uh, it looks like our budget is going to be uh, more solid than I think anyone really anticipated. Um, so while we don't have an exact number, I would make the argument uh, that whatever the cost, uh, if this brings Florida back uh, stronger than ever and our citizens uh, economically safe and secure, uh, I believe that that cost is worth it, whatever it may be. Frankly, GOP leaders will never pass this bill because Democrats would get the credit and it makes their own efforts seem rather minimal. But Jenny is hoping Republican leaders will cherry pick some of these ideas and include them in a bill of their own. Your calendar of events is next, along with the story of a Florida woman who got a bit catty with her roommate. But first, let's pay the bills. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Time now for your sunshine calendar. The Revenue Estimating Conference meets at 9. The Florida House meets in a floor session at 10. The Ocoee Election Day Riots Historical Review and Dedication Committee holds an online meeting at 1. They'll be talking about options for naming a state park to recognize victims of the 1920 massacre. Florida Tax Watch will hold its annual State of the Taxpayer Day in an online event at 1. And the Florida Commission on Ethics meets at 3 to discuss a series of issues, including allegations that Representative Angie Nixon of Jacksonville filed an inaccurate financial disclosure form. 
Finally today, a Florida woman with a history of prostitution is accused of attacking her male roommate with an angry pussy that scratched him when she flung it at his face. 56-year-old Wendy Hurd of Largo is no stranger to law enforcement. Her rap sheet includes battery and prostitution. She did six years in prison for battering a cop and fleeing police custody. The arrest warrant says Hurd had been arguing with the 73-year-old victim when she tossed the cat and followed up with a punch to his face. She's charged with domestic battery on a person over the age of 65, which is a felony. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we continue to plumb the depths of Florida politics. Music